This podcast was first broadcast on Mix 92.6. Go to Mix92.6.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts. And if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability in the environment from around Hertfordshire and from further afield. Now, whilst electric vehicles aren't going to help us with congestion on our roads, they're not going to make roads any safer for people walking or cycling or cut the resources used to manufacture vehicles, they do have the important advantages of being able to run fossil fuel free, they don't emit polluting gases and the levels of damaging particulates that they produce are lower and they also reduce the noise pollution from our roads. And the government recognises these advantages. Under current government plans, all new cars will have to be electrified from 2030, just seven years down the line. And it looks like many of us are happy to embrace that target. Electric vehicle sales are booming in the UK. In 2022, new EV registrations were 40% higher than in 2021, with 267,203 new electric cars being sold, taking the electric car sales up to around 16.6% of all new cars sold in the UK in 2022. So that sounds like great news. However, all this progress could be lost if EV drivers are left stranded because of inadequate charging facilities. We heard stories of queues of electric cars at charging points over Christmas and some people saying that they're going back to fossil fuel cars because they aren't happy with the unreliability of existing facilities. But what's the picture locally? Are local EV drivers struggling? And if so, what do they need to convince them to stick with electric? We're going to hear from three local electric car drivers today. My first electric car driver is Keith. You might know him as the man with the impressive beard from the Eat Whole Foods Market store, from which he just stepped down last week. So good luck in your new ventures, Keith. But first, let's hear about how long you've had your electric car. Probably it's coming up for about four or five years. I'm on my second electric car. Each one has been a Nissan Leaf. Did a lot of research when I was looking for a car and the Leaf fitted what was right for me. So I had one Leaf, and then about a year ago, I upgraded to a a newer Leaf with a a better spec. Okay. And what kind of range do you get out of your Leaf? So I don't do a lot. I tend to really just do local, day-to-day, you know, St Albans, Hatfield, Welling, that kind of, you know, Harpen and that kind of generic area around. Once a week, I'll go to Harrow to see my sister. But generally, I'll get about 160 miles. I see you can get substantially more than that now, but they're uh, the price uh, of a small house, really. So you you found a, a car with a range you're happy with at a price point that you yeah, can absolutely. afford. And do you have a fossil fuel car as well? Or, or are no, you, no, 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 it's, it's, it's just this. I was, I was in a position uh, a few years ago through um, an inheritance and the, the things that we wanted to do were have solar panels on the house, which we've got, and buy an electric car. Uh, we had the one car between us. We used to have a car each, but we just got the one car and that works fine. Okay. Now, do you have your own charging point at home? 
Yes, I'm lucky. I've got a driveway that we can get the car in okay. So I managed to negotiate a deal. Um, I know often for new cars, you can get a subsidised thing for the government to get a cheaper charger. I managed to uh, talk the dealership into doing that. So I've got one and that works absolutely fine. And I'm lucky that I've got that. I know that is a big issue, particularly where there's not a lot of off-street parking. There's no kind of ability to run a cable across the street, really, or across the footpath. I know a friend in Harpenden who kind of does that, who's kind of managed to kind of cover that issue. But generally, that is a big issue. And I think if you've got your own driveway, that makes it a lot easier. So given the distances that you drive with your car, do you need to use electric charging points away from home or do, do you only charge home? I do occasionally. <clears throat> Obviously, we do go further afield. Every year we go down to Bournemouth for a holiday and that was fine. We did stop just for a little top-up charge because you can stop for a coffee and use the facilities and that and for half an hour, an hour, you might as well bung it in. But apart from that, that was fine. I mean, we could have gone there, just topped up a bit and then come back uh, just with one charge in between, which was fine. We went just past Oxford to a festival last year, there and back, and potted around and got there and back without charging, which was good. So, Keith, would you like to be able to make longer journeys in your car? Would you feel more confident about like, making longer journeys if there was more charging infrastructure? Yeah, I mean, that's one reason why I upgraded to a car with the ability to do longer distances. I was always a bit nervous anyway. The journey that I did to a festival in Oxford, that made me feel better. And the one when I went down to Bournemouth, that made me feel a lot, lot better. So now I'm a lot more relaxed. I think they're getting better. Certainly when I stopped off on the M3 services, there was quite a lot of charging points. Also, there's a lot more places like pubs, garden centres, car parks, shopping centres. There's so many apps. There's a great app called Zap Map. And that shows all of them. It shows how recently they've been used. It shows if they're in service. The problem is quite a few aren't always in service. That's the issue that needs to be resolved. Let's get them out there, but let's get them regularly checked and looked at. I know a friend did a a quick tour around St Albans and he wasn't finding particularly good results on all of them being working. Okay. So looking into the future, will you be sticking with electric? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll stick with the electric car. This this will be the car for me. Three years time, when I'm 66, it's a bus pass a go-go. So it will be the electric car and the bus pass. I will never go back to a fossil fuel polluting monstrosity. Keith, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Right, some strong views there from Keith. How about if you've got a family and perhaps want to make longer journeys in your electric vehicle? Let's hear now from Cam. Amanda, we own a Renault Zoe and we first bought our Renault Zoe six years ago. And we had four years of great relationship with that Zoe. And then we upgraded to another Renault Zoe with a slightly longer range two years ago. Okay. And do you have a fossil fuel car as well? I know you have a family. Do you need another car too? Or do you manage with your Zoe? We have two cars, yes. We have a Renault Zoe and we have a Honda FRV, which is a bit more of a people mover to fit me and my big family in. We tend to use that for longer distance driving on holiday where we've got umpteen suitcases. Okay, we'll talk about that later then. So what's the approximate range of your current Renault Zoe? It is about 120 miles 
And do you have a charging point at home? I'm lucky enough to have a driveway, yes. So we do have a charging point at home. Although when we first bought the car, we lived in a house that didn't have a driveway. And so we needed to use public charging points for that. And did you find that that was a problem around St Albans? I don't think it was so much of a problem as having to just think about it. So it needed a little bit of planning to, if we were going away for the weekend and we needed you know, 80 miles in the car, we'd need to make sure Friday we took it somewhere to charge for a little while. So it just required a bit of planning, I guess. Okay. And what would have made your life easier at that point as far as local charging goes? That's a good question. I think what would have made it easier would have been some of these things that I've seen more recently, like lamppost style chargers, where I could have found a slot in my street to charge that car without having to sort of take it somewhere and then walk home and fetch it again later. Now, thinking about those longer journeys, do you make any longer journeys with your electric car? Absolutely. I mean, I've taken this car up uh, on multi-day trips up through the north of England and it's been no problem at all, really. And when you do that, how do you find the charging? Do you find you have to queue? Do you find the sufficient charging points? It's a bit of a mixture. So I have never had to queue for a charger. I have, however, arrived at chargers to find that they weren't working, which is a bit frustrating. I tend to use a really good app on my phone called ZapMap, which is a catalogue of all of the charging points in the UK and their status. And they can be updated very frequently by people visiting those charge points and putting in a comment about whether it's working or not. It's not 100% accurate. So sometimes you do arrive somewhere and frustratingly find that you've got to search out another one. Indeed. And do you think there are any changes as far as wider ranging charging points go that could make your journeys easier? What would you like to see change there? I think the UK is increasingly nicely served by charging on the motorway network. That's not the case for the more sort of rural driving that one might want to do. And I think we just need to get to a point, don't we, where destination charging or charging en route is as prevalent as petrol stations are today. It's not the case that everybody has the luxury of having a driveway to charge in as well. And so in higher density areas, let's put more in supermarkets, council properties, public spaces to to help people to charge more locally as well. Now, you've been driving electric for the past six years. Will you be sticking with electric into the future? Absolutely right. It didn't require much thought, Amanda, but we've we've made a pact that we will never buy another petrol car or diesel car. I think one of the things that non-electric car owners don't appreciate is something not related to the charging at all, but the driving of an electric car is so smooth. No gears, you know, it's simple acceleration. It's got great acceleration, even on a low performance sort of family car like ours. There's no way we'd go back. Cameron, thank you very much indeed for telling us about that. Both Keith and Cam have home charging points. Now let's hear from Sam. He lives in Fleetville and let's start by hearing how long he's been driving electric. Coming up for a year, I think we got it around about Easter time last year. And do you have a fossil fuel car too? We do. And what's the range of your electric car approximately? What kind of mileage do you get out of it? Well, what I've discovered recently is it really changes depending on the weather. And when it's got really cold, like it has been, it's probably only about 140 miles. And then when it's nice and warm in the summer, it's probably closer to 200. 
Right. And where do you normally charge your car? Well, we, we don't have a charge point at home. We don't have any off-street parking. So my usual place is the Shell garage over by the Noak on the way to Bricketwood because that's a, a fast charging place. And that's a little distance away from you in Fleetville. So does that work well for you? Do you find it convenient? It would obviously be more convenient if it were nearer, but I like running. So what I quite often do is take the car over there and drop it off at the charge point and then go for a run while it's charging. And if I'm not doing that, I'll take some work with me and go and sit at the cafe that adjoins it and do some work in there while it's charging. So while it's not convenient, especially, I do find a good way to to use the time. But it sounds like some on-street charging more local to you could be quite helpful. Well, it would make a massive difference if I could plug it in at home overnight and then I wouldn't have to spend two or three times a week, depending on what mileage I'm doing, at the charge point and thinking about how I'm going to make it to the charge point and when I need to do it on which evening because I've got a meeting the next night and I can't do it on the way home. And it does take quite a lot of logistical planning. And for you, do you think that this is likely to be a barrier for other people in your street who might be thinking about getting an electric car? Well, yes, I would say so, although I have noticed that on our street and others around, an increasing number of people are just plugging it into their houses and running the cable across the pavement with those little kind of yellow things over it so you can see that it's there. I'm kind of against that. It feels a bit like it makes the pavement quite dangerous, but I can definitely see why not having quick, reliable local charges is an impediment. So how about those longer journeys, Sam? Have you been travelling over Christmas and did you take your electric vehicle with you then? Uh, Yes, we travelled over Christmas and no, we didn't take the electric vehicle for exactly the reasons that I've kind of been outlining, that it just requires an awful lot of planning. Um, I have done quite long journeys, but you have to be prepared to really think about where you're going to stop and not mind having to stop for longer than you need to because when you get to where you want to stop, Everyone else has had the same idea and is using the charges as well. And what changes would help you feel that you could make those longer journeys more frequently in your electric vehicle? Uh, I guess two things. One would be just loads more charging points. I mean, it would have to be an awful lot more, it seems to me. And the other thing would be cars charging a lot more quickly. And it takes our little Zoe from naught to 100 probably the best part of a couple of hours, even on a fast charging place. And they don't like it when you say more than an hour for obvious reasons. It's a bit selfish. So um, if they're charged fully in like 40 minutes, I'd be much happier to wait 20 minutes for one one to come free. And do you find when you reach your destination and perhaps think about the return journey, uh, we've heard that there's plenty of electric charging points on the motorways, but actually in more rural destinations or away from the motorways, they're harder to find. Has that been your experience? Yeah, definitely. And also, it's not just that they're harder to find, it's that there are so many different companies providing it that there's no guarantee that you've got the right card or right app or whatever it happens to be and if you have to use one you've not used before you end up having to download the app and you might want to do that have to do that over mobile data because you're not near a wi-fi place so it's not just the, the lack of points it's the huge variety in providers which is another issue now another point that's been raised is the problem with charging points that don't work. Do you find that's an issue around St Albans? Uh, I have certainly found that to be quite regularly an issue. The ones over at Bricket Wood are sometimes out of action for days on end, which is extremely unhelpful because there are five of them there, so it's quite a major point. And certainly I've tried to use several in town and they are often 
out of order. It's not always easy to find a charge point that actually works. So Sam, looking into the future, at the minute you've got your non-electric car and your electric car, will you be sticking with electric? And what would it take for you to be totally electric? So right now, having two cars makes life an awful lot easier for us as a family. But quite soon, with children going to university, I don't think we'll need to. And we'll stick with the hybrid car. We won't be keeping on the electric car, really because of, of all the reasons I've outlined. It just It's too logistically complicated to make it an easy thing to have it as your own car. If I had off-street parking where I could guarantee charge up every night, I would absolutely go electric. But as I don't have that and I don't have a guaranteed space to charge up anywhere, it's just not worth the extra, well, expense because they're, they're pricey to buy and the likelihood that at some point I'm just going to run out of charge on my way to somewhere and not make it because I haven't managed to get my, my app together to charge it properly. My thanks to Keith, Cam and Sam. Now, next week, I'll be putting some of the issues they've highlighted to representatives from St Albans District Council and Hearts County Council. So do you have any charging issues that you'd like me to put to them or charging point experiences that you'd like to share? You can get in touch via email. I'm on amanda.yourworth at mix926.com or look out for Environment Matters on Mix92.6 on Twitter and Facebook. I'll be back with you at the same time next week, but until then, thank you for listening.